Welcome to Art Talk with April. I'm April Harris of Inked April and the host of this podcast. This is season four. We have some amazing artists on. I can't wait to share them with you. So let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Art Talk with April. Today we have Heidi Hooper, who is a dryer lit artist. And where are you located at, Heidi? I'm in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. Oh, interesting. <laughs> where your art career kind of started, even all the way back to childhood, like why did you, you know, get started in being creative? Um, I was one of those kids with a really bad childhood. So mm. art was my escape. Yeah. 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 So I mean, yeah, I mean my my parents really hated artists. Like oh. they're the evil of the world. <laughs> I literally had to hide drawings between the mattresses. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. Like so, I had, you know, ooh, yeah. I had parents who weren't crazy about it, but <laughs> yeah. Now I I decided at the age of 12 I was gonna be the opposite of them for the rest of my life. Oh, and yeah. so that's when I started doing sketches and hiding them under the mattress. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So then did you go on to school? Um, it That was, yes, it did. Yes. Uh, and I got a degree, uh, my bachelor's and a master's. Um, I, uh, when I went to college, though, because I had no art classes. It's not yeah. like my parents would let me take art classes. Yeah, sure. I was like, oh, my God, I was so far behind. I didn't even think I was going to get in because, like, I don't mm -hmm class yeah. behind me you know so I um and uh I got in and I had to work extra hard because you know other class you know these kids have had like you know two years of classes that I didn't have so yeah. but yeah and then I majored in my my BFA was in uh sculpture okay uh and I became a armor smith I wow. made armor for women and men at the New York Renaissance Fair. Wow. Uh, a lot of leather work, um, but also uh, a lot of hammering, smithing. Yeah. Uh, and then I got cancer mm. and I became patient zero for desmortosis. Oh my and, goodness. And um, I had that for 20 years. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> um, and by the time it was done, you know, I tried different art avenues in the in the meantime. It was like it was my chore each day, you know. What can yeah. what can we do today? And each year I lost a little bit more control. Um, I did I did portrait dolls for a while. Mm -hmm. Um and uh and then it, just ended up with at one point when I was at my lowest. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, my mother-in-law was a pal. She was doing laundry for me. She had lupus and didn't know it. And oh. lupus means you don't you don't feel heat, you know. Yeah. So she had all these chenille throws, and she <clears throat> they were like burlap by the time. I literally had like a miniature collie dog on the dryer and a and a regular collie dog on the floor of mixed colors. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> so so I spent the next um three years five five years and all trying to figure out what the heck to do with it because I felt so guilty these people gave me these things and here I immediately within weeks <laughs> <laughs> so so that's what started it was like well 
this is this is a sign from fate, mother nature, whatever. Give this a shot. And it oh. stuck. It took me a while to figure out how to make a process work. But sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, not like anybody's out there and I could go, hey, hey, yeah. Joe, how do you do this? You know, I can imagine you're practically inventing, you know, this yeah. medium and there is nobody to ask or go to or, you know, get mentorship from like everybody else is doing painting or, you know, your metalworking or something like that. And it's just like, okay, now how do I make these things stick? Yes. And my, my, my first try was to try and do it like paper mache. My yeah. God, people don't try that. It is so <laughs> gross. I mean, you know, like paper mache will like stick to your fingers and yeah. stuff. Imagine it with like, a mound of cat hair mixed in with it. Wow. It's just nasty. Yeah. <laughs> nasty. So oh don't my. try it. People don't try it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I, one of the things that really struck me about your story is you're having your illness and how you went through that period of kind of discovery and kind of working through, okay, what can I actually make or what, what can I actually do now that this has happened? You know, it's like you still had an urge to be creative and to make something. And so you oh, were, monster, you can't kill that monster. Yeah, no, you, you're like, okay, <laughs> what do I do now? You know, <laughs> so that's fascinating because I myself have lupus and that's something that I have to deal with, you, you know, like extreme fatigue. Suddenly mm -hmm. I'm just going to feel like crap and not be able to do anything. And then I had a um, I had a brain injury and had to have brain surgery. And at that point, I oh, thought, even am I going to am I going to be able to even speak, let alone draw? You know, yeah, <laughs> you're going into brain surgery. So I feel I I. Um, empathize with your story so much because it feels like kind of a you know a personal um, kind of path that I myself have gone through in a small way you know because my my situation didn't last as long as yours has and um, I just found it so interesting in how you you know kind of experimented your way into making this kind of art and one another thing that was really funny is that I have a terrible habit of like not throwing away dryer lint like <laughs> I, I um I, I've done it all, that way all my life when I would do laundry I would just like put the dryer lint in something like in a canister, like an old canister or a bag or something like that. And it would just pile up. When it got piled up, I would throw it away, you know. And my husband has always fussed at me about that. <laughs> and he said, you know, I told I told him about your work. He's like, you know, you should bring that up. I was like, I think I will. <laughs> because this can be used for something, you know. I'm yeah. And then yeah, I have people send me uh, uh, most of my, my dryer lint is boring grays and gray blues. Uh, colors, I get them in the mail. People send me lint from all over the country. I've actually gotten stuff from Australia and London. 
Wow. <laughs> so I guess I'm international. Um, <laughs> oh, that's but, so um, good. <laughs> but what I do is I take in December and I send them a calendar of all the work that I thought was my best for the year. Yeah. As a thank you. So that way I keep the dry element coming in. Yeah. I need to start sending you some because I literally yeah. just do it naturally. Like just save it for you know I've been saving it all this time maybe this is why there you go <laughs> but I have to admit most of mine is gray too so I don't know how much help that is <laughs> I'm just like oh sort the laundry uh, my husband is the one that sorts the laundry and says you said you needed some orange so I made sure I separated everything and I'm like I would have never remembered <laughs> so Oh, it's terrible as an artist to say I don't even I don't keep track of of yeah get more supplies oh that's so interesting and you think about too like painters that just go to the store you know like I need some more blue or whatever and they can just go buy it but you're basically at the mercy of whatever you have available to you right I can I can envision a piece in my head and then when I go to pull for those colors it doesn't mean I have anything even close wow then you have to recalibrate so it's it's a constant it's like solving a murder mystery every time you go to do artwork <laughs> for lack of a better way to say it because it's like oh how did that oh that's not gonna work well dang I don't want to redo the whole thing there's got to be another way around this <laughs> oh wow so and sometimes I do have to just rip it off and start over again Wow. Because I just can't, don't have the colors at work. So over the years, I've learned you get all your colors together first and make sure you have more than you need oh, before you start. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because, yeah, you know, when I run out of a color, that's yeah. it. I can yeah. never get it again, almost. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was going to ask, like. And I'm being completely unfamiliar with d doing your type of work. Um, is it possible to layer them to create a color like red and blue? And yes. Actually, when I'm working, um, how I do the shading is um, I actually do uh, Instagram stuff on Mondays and Thursdays if people want to look yeah. back and see. Um, awesome. I take the dryer lint down to where it's just hairs. Wow. And that's how I do color shading is it's literally down to like a hair at a time almost. Oh my goodness. So yeah. That is amazing. So yeah, it took me a while to figure that one out. I, I want to say like I, um, I saw your, you had a video up where you were doing a port, a pet portrait and I thought, uh -huh. oh my gosh, how is she? getting this because I mean pets they have such a variety of different colors in their fur and around their face and trying yeah. to get those same spots and same I guess sort of I, shapes of color. I get an average of like 20 colors in a square inch quite often when I build portraits and it's like literally is like a piece the size of a pinhead and you're stretching it out to thin it out as much as you can and then use it. So, wow. yeah. <laughs> and then how? It doesn't look like I'm doing, because, you know, it's not pixeled or anything. You know, you don't yeah. notice that it's, but it is. It's actually really, really thin. 
Wow. But actually, the piece is actually really thick. The piece is about a half an inch thick when it's done. Yeah. It's just a constant build up, build up, build up, build up. You know, because like, it's kind of like imagine tissue paper. You lay the red over the green, you get one type of mix. But if you lay the green over the red, you get a different kind of mix. So it's a constant back and forth to get the shading right. Wow. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) That's why I said, I I mean, most people who have tried this don't last. And that's I'm sure that's why. It, it, It sounds tedious, but here's the thing. So, like, I have done in my in my career, I've done a lot of like pen and ink. Which is, you know, if I had, you know, like different ink colors and I were overlapping them and I'm basically drawing lines, if I'm doing a four by three drawing, which is pretty big for a pen drawing, I'm imagining the the same sort of crosshatch lines as being Mm -hmm. hairs. Yeah, it's exactly like it. Oh, I, I figured it out from watching, I figured it out literally from watching some YouTube, basically because as a, as a Smith, I was doing mechanical drawings, not people drawings. Yeah. And you actually forget stuff as years go by. It's like, oh my God. Um, so I was watching YouTube stuff on um, comic books. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, how do they do it? You know, there's got to be, I was looking at all the different kinds of ways people do shading. trying to figure out what can I work to make this work um and comic book artists that's how I got it that's how they're hashing that they use in comic books I went well what if I did that with thin it down to hairs and it worked and I went oh my goodness (laughs) so I also kind of think of it too as kind of like embroidery a little bit Mm -hmm. like you do you like stagger it or are you doing kind of side by side sort of straight both it both it depends on you know like as if it's a crease like here then you're doing kind of both at the same time yeah because you want to keep the line just a hair you know of a differentiation from the two colors yeah oh my god <laughs> I'm so impressed right now you just don't know <laughs> Because like people say that about my ink drawings, they're like, "Why do you do it like that? And why, you know, like it takes you forever." And it I'm is like, a lot like doing a really fine ink drawing with like yeah, really yeah. fine rapidographs. It's it's that tedious. Yeah, yeah. But in my mind, it's way, way, <laughs> way more tedious, <laughs> but fascinating because I mean, to take the time to create something like that and the work and thought that has to go into every moment you know every every choice that you're making along the way I mean that is just amazing that's absolutely amazing (laughs) so like um when you're doing like what is your typical size that you do these 11 by 14 because then I can hold it flat in my lap and I don't have to bend my wrists very much yeah okay um uh the the big ones I like because I stand up I see I stand up a lot I pretty much stand up the whole time I'm doing those um but like most of what I do is the little ones because as you know with like the lupus on a rainy day 
Mm. It's hard to function. Yeah. And so a smaller piece you can function on, mm-hmm. whereas the big ones just becomes the effort of walking and raising your arms becomes oh, yeah, yeah, no. a real a real pain. So I, when I'm doing the small ones, I can have pillows and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. pillows and the lazy boy, prop your feet up and, and just go at it. <laughs> uh, I feel like um, I feel so lazy, but I draw a lot in my bed, you know? Because that's really what I can handle. I do too. <laughs> and I mean, it's just like, you know, I don't know what to tell people. It's like, I, I, I do have studio spaces and uh, like an office and a desk, but to sit there in a, in a chair at a desk can be really difficult sometimes, you know, yeah. even like an easel or something. And you would have to, you know, kind of make decisions on what you're going to work on that day based on what your body can do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. And I I just, I think too, one of the fascinating things to me is that I feel like a lot of artists, even if they don't have an illness or have gone through something like that, I feel like, and I may be making this up, but I feel like we choose like the art that we make and what we choose to do it's because it fits us not only you know like how it looks and the style and all that but what we can actually do physically in our lives you know like I can't necessarily do oil painting because I have small children who just walk up and put it in their finger and put it in their mouth, you know? (laughs) So, I mean, I don't do that. (laughs) My cat stealing lint is bad enough. (laughs) I can't imagine painting kids. (laughs) I can see, I can see a little cat just like have balls of lint that they just knock around everywhere and and play with. (laughs) If I get a bright yellow, or a bright red in the mail, and I and I don't look to see where the cat is. I swear to God, the cat runs off with it, and I have chased the cat down to get it before it gets yeah. whatever. Oh, oh those cats! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, I think I mean it's just one of those things that for some reason I just find it so fascinating. Why? as human beings, we end up doing what we do and that your art is so unique and that, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, how does this happen? How does it come about? Like, because I, you know, like I said, I've, I collect briar lint randomly and I look, I've looked at it and been like, Oh, you know, where did that pink come from? (laughs) It's so random. (laughs) Uh, I just think that's so cool but you so when it comes to your actual like subject matter and stuff what are you like sort of leaning towards when you do like when you choose to make something are you thinking of are you doing a lot of portraiture kinds of things or are you you know working on other kinds of I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to classify it. It's like, I I guess because I studied sculpture. So when I think of portraiture, I think of like just, you know, faces and stuff. And I know that's not how things are necessarily categorized anymore. Um, But to be honest, I'm trying to tell a story 
Yeah. Which each piece and the small pieces are like a quick snippet story. And the big pieces are like a story within a story within a story. So there's mm -hmm. always, there's different things going on at the same time, but they're very subtle. Yeah. Um, here's the best example I could think of. I had once, we were on the road in a car, we had people in the backseat <laughs> and a bunch of turkeys cross the road. And I start laughing so much, I can hardly breathe. <laughs> and everybody in the car is like, what is going on? What? What? And I went, turkeys in high heels dancing. <laughs> and everybody looks at me like, what? And my husband goes, she doesn't think like normal people. It's okay. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but little things will tick my brain and then I suddenly see a piece of art that I have to do and it yeah. has it makes no sense at all whatsoever as to what caused the click in my brain yeah. but yeah oh that's fascinating <laughs> so then uh, okay you've got your turkeys in high heels so I don't know how you classify turkeys in high heels and stuff but yeah yeah well, I mean, it, it, it sounds really fun. I love it. I think it's great. I think, you know, I mean, I, I, I kind of feel that way when I come up with ideas, too. I'm just like, oh, I'll be like driving my kids or I'll be watching a show. And I'm like, I, you know, I think I might want to make something about that. And it's completely random. And it might not have anything to do with anything political or serious <laughs> it's just random <laughs> it's like but my only rule I give myself is if it doesn't make my husband laugh the second he sees it or smile really big it's yeah. not good enough oh, it's got to okay. have that instant and I'm like okay I missed something and usually I can go back and go oh that's what it is yeah and then I come back and show it to him and he goes oh yeah that's good <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's it's if I can't get a good laugh out of it, it's yeah. I'm wasting my time. I I'm, I want to make people laugh. Oh, Happy. that's wonderful. Yeah, I mean I've, that is a wonderful reason to do what you're doing. You know, um, and I think what do you how do you like bring it about? So you would, you know. You said you kind of gather your colors together to make sure you have them. Yeah. But like, what is your surface and how are you pulling oh, together? I um, I take uh, foam core, you know, acid free. Everything's yeah. got to be acid free. Um, foam core board. Then I do watercolor paper and I get like an 80 grit and do a, a boop, 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 boop. So there's a lot of rough spots all over the watercolor paper. And then I only use enough uh, archival cement for like a thumbprint just to get it started mm -hmm. because you, I've learned you kind of need at least one corner stabilized. And then I don't use any other glue. Wow. Um, because I'm working flat with the small ones. Yeah. Um, so I can, I just use pins, sewing pins. If something is trying to shift on me, I'll put a sewing pin in it. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's so, so great to me. And then the, and then when I'm done, it goes behind uh, museum glass so that you don't even notice it's behind glass. Yeah. Um, so you still get the the feel of like 
I, it's it's great fun when you're going to like a a, a show and yeah. people are like. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. It have every time I show work at a place that has never seen it before. There's always one person that's like, "Can I get away with this?" <laughs> and it's a riot. Oh, that is so funny. <laughs> the best part is when you see somebody walking by and they're like, "Ah, it's just another acrylic painting." And somebody go, and then somebody will go, "No, it's not." And then they walk up to read the card and they go, and then their face gets. The facial expressions are like, I wish I could sit there with like a camera going. Dip, 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 I dip, know. Dip, dip, dip. The like, facial expressions are like in between hidden cameras. <laughs> you need to catch these people on hidden cameras because this is genius. You it's know, a blast. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. Because I mean, that's one that. So in that scenario, are you like at like a festival or something like with a booth? Uh, no, actually, I, I, uh, I don't do booths because of the weather. I'm afraid of the dryer lint and, and a damp weather. Oh, I mean, I'm sure it would hold up fine, but it's just, <gasps> yeah. you know, that's one, that's the only test I haven't done on it over the years <laughs> to see what works. <laughs> um, but I, I do like, uh, um, gallery shows and I have like a, a craft gallery where I have stuff in. Huh? Um, and so I have, and I do openings at uh science fiction fantasy conventions and stuff i do i do artwork and have it in there so it's mostly to be honest it's mostly the 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 science fiction fantasy ones where you have people going <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so fun but but the people in the art show i always tell them ahead of time if you want a good hoot kind of keep an eye out on the artwork and you'll see somebody eventually go like that and you get to go huh <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so fun. It's like, um, I recently saw a video about people in museums or people in galleries and, you know, they have the line that you're not supposed to step over <laughs> and like touch things, but they would say it's always the artists that end up getting really close <laughs> to the paintings and like really, you know, oh, yeah. the security <laughs> and they're leaning over. <laughs> <laughs> get a good look yeah um, fun how did you go about like marketing that or getting your work out there and that was very very hard um I got for even after I was already in the craft gallery for years uh I got uh that's not an art material mm -hmm. um that's not art um I can't sell that Wow. Uh, you know, with the downward vocalization, um, it was a lot of, of, of a lot of that for, yeah. for at least three years. Um, I couldn't get anybody to take, take me on. But the thing is, because I, I kept at it, the work was getting better. And when I look back at it, to be honest, they were really awful. And I would have probably turned it down too if I was running a place. <laughs> they were so bad. But, um, Anyhow, uh, being on TV and other things like that before people actually stop doing that, that's actually only stopped for me in the last five years. Wow. So most of my career, it's like, no, we, we, do, we, we can't sell that. Wow. 
Now that is fascinating to me. Yeah. Because I thought. Because it's know, not a tradition. And, and they flat out tell me it's not a traditional material that people are used to. We can't sell it. But galleries show all kinds of random stuff that's not traditional material. But that's, that's, those are the galleries where somebody's already established a name and they've gotten a foot in the big doors, you know. And little galleries just can't take that risk, I guess. Wow. See, I thought, you know, this this is a genius idea that is so unusual that people would just be like clamoring to get you into their areas and their spaces because it's unusual. It's something different, you know. So it wasn't really like that, huh? It's it's a weird mix of, uh, it's like a coin toss as to whether it's a, wow, look at what she's doing. She's doing something nobody else is doing yeah. to a, look at this freak. Oh, God. Seriously. Really? Like yeah. in the art world? Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that I'm in Ripley's Believe It or Not probably doesn't help any on that level. <laughs> but um you know, hey, they gave me a foot in the door when nobody else would. So, yeah, you know, I, mean, I, I really, honest to God, thought it was when they contacted me with email, I thought it was a joke because nobody was taking my work. And they went, we want to buy these 10 pieces. And I went, Mike, this is a scam. You got to handle this. But it was real. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. So, so yeah, my first, they... first real sales was a big sale. Yeah. <laughs> like. How did they find you? Where did they find you at? Uh, on the internet. They just were looking for unusual people doing unusual things on the internet. Yeah. The unusual so they artists. They reached out and were like, we want, we want your, your work. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I had, I had started doing uh, uh, tributes to old masters as if they could do a selfie in their old pieces. Yeah. I thought, well, maybe that will actually make someplace think I'm not you know, a total freak or something. Yeah. Um, and that's what they saw and they wanted. They wanted and then the old and then I did old masters for like God, five, six years. Tributes wow. to old masters. So it's do- almost as if you had to like, you know, make something that was along the lines easily of recognizable and easily sellable in order to be a foot in the door. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and how did you feel when that happened? I mean, you you first you thought it was a, like somebody was. I I was, I was numb for weeks. I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> I was numb for weeks. I just couldn't believe it was happening. Oh, that's just, awesome! Just couldn't believe it. So then, after that, you know, you've had some um, sort of like TV spots and things like that. How did those come about? Same thing. They just contact me by email. I want to do this. Are you willing to do this? And I'd be like, sure. <laughs> like any artist is going to say no. I know. Um, <laughs> I'm sure even the big wigs would go, heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. So yeah, it's it's been a it's been a roller coaster. It's like, you know, I have some years where I get tons of publicity and other years where I get zip mm. you know absolutely zip so you know I'm sure it's like that with for every artist 
for that matter. Yeah. I feel like it's really, I mean, I think the fascinating thing is that they came to you, that they found you, you know. I am an exceptionally bad introvert. (laughs) (laughs) I am actually one of those, honest to God, I'm actually one of those artists that I had a solo show and I'm sitting in the corner with my seltzer water drinking it, like not talking to anybody. (laughs) I'm that bad. I am the mouse in the little corner shivering because uh, I have to be in the room. (laughs) Once you get me talking, I'm fine. I'm a gabber. That breaking the ice is like, oh, terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I'm with you there. Because I'm very introverted, but I'm doing a podcast interview with people that I've never met. And it's one of those things that it's like, okay, well now why can I talk to these people and do this? It's because it's like in a context that I can, you know, relate to what you're doing and you can relate to what I'm asking. And that kind yeah. Of thing. <laughs> yeah. That's so weird. That's fun. Yeah. My husband's an extreme extrovert. So I usually just let him do all the talking. <laughs> yeah mine is too and I think so like I started to try to do art shows and festivals and stuff and I thought oh I've got this husband who's gonna talk to everybody and do everything and darn if he didn't sit there with a great face no he was like oh Mason you cannot do that we've got to smile or something <laughs> Mine sits down and reads a book when those type of things are happening. And I'm like, oh, that's fun. (laughs) Please talk to people because I don't think I can do it. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) Well, like you, man, I feel like that is such a big subject. The whole like trying to get your work out there. And trying and trying and trying and continuing to try, you know, and it just not happening. Like, how are you feeling about that? And then you get your your call. Well, I I learned early on that, which is why I kept trying art projects as I was going on with the cancer, that you don't notice your pain when you're engrossed in art. Yes. So to be honest, that has been my key. Yeah. Um, I don't feel pain when I'm doing my art. Wow. Of course, I only get X many hours of my body saying, okay, I will ignore this. And then my body goes, but <laughs> <laughs> I have to stop. But um, yeah, I, I kept at it mostly because I didn't hurt. And I, with my cancer, I I don't have muscle on my back because they had to use that to say, to keep the arm protected. Um, So I, I, uh, all my radial nerves, everything was like eaten away by the cancer. Um, uh, um, And so when my pain kicks in, it's bad nerve damage pain. So it's like, do I curl on a ball or not? Oh God, THC is awesome. <laughs> God, oh my God. They had me on gabapentin up to like, uh, they're about to put me on 925 and don't go gabapentin wow. if you can from it. 
oh my God, that stuff is horrible. Um, and I switched to the THC and I have a brain now and I can function. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and, the, and it maintains the pain of way better than gamma, yeah. which is same thing as Neurotin. Yeah. In case and, anybody needs that info. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so my, my we, living proof. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and like, you know, like you were saying, like you're also in creating your art, you're not, is it that you're, you're not focused on it and you're just, you're focused on I'm your so art and it's focused not focused on the art. I swear the house could probably catch on fire and I wouldn't notice. Wow. And I, th- I just, I'm totally in the zone. Yeah. And I, and I, and I, only reason I know that is because I've had a few times somebody's knocked on the door and I'm like, what, what was that? <laughs> what day is it? Did I, eat I didn't even realize, didn't, my brain didn't even go, that's the doorbell idiot. You know? <laughs> so yeah, I obviously get so engrossed in what I'm doing, I guess, cause I'm working so fine yeah. that, you know. Wow. My gosh. <laughs> Oh, that's, but that's but not a day boring. goes by that I don't try and do artwork at some point in time. Yeah. Cause it's, it's my free zone time. Yeah. That's your, that's your break. Yeah. It's my break. Yeah. You're right. It's my you're break. You're like, I, I, okay, I need a break. You know, <laughs> Yeah. you're not like going out and smoking a cigarette. You're like, I've got an, I need an art break. I'm about to stand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so fun. I love that too, because that's one of my things as well is like the healing, the way that art heals and like helps you get through things, even if it's, you know, like emotional or, you know, uh, just dealing with, it's amazing how it can just help you work through things, you know, that you're going through not only in a, you know, mental, emotional kind of way, but in a physical way too. Mm -hmm. Like it's giving you that time away from your illness that you're like, I can breathe for a minute, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's why why I think everybody should make art. Like, even if you're not absolutely doing it for some kind of, you know, financial reason or career, Art is amazing, and I don't know why. <laughs> when I, I I taught smithing for a while, and I used to tell the students that just because you're not doing, you know, you're not getting this, doesn't mean you can't get something else. There's oh. all forms of smithing. There's not like you don't have to make a vessel. You can make all kinds of things. All it is is just shaping the metal. I was like, you can. I said a cake decorator is an artist. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. don't don't just think it's all paintbrushes or it has to be metal. And people would go, "Oh wow, I never thought of that." Yeah. Because so, you know, I teach them. I'd also teach them uh, wax sculpting. Mm. Um. So yeah. That I mean that. And it's that, like if you can do it, if you can sculpt with wax and clay, you can sculpt almost anything that's malleable. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. But I think that's one of those things that I think a lot of people are like, I mean, you kind of think oil painting or sculpture, and you're talking about like traditional, you know, this is what you, what, this is what art is. And maybe that's, you know, also in a lot of like gallerists kind of minds, you know, they're thinking, well, we do photography or we do 
you know, oil paintings or, you know, and then they'll have, you know, like a kind of a thematic thing, like it's abstracts or it's, you know, like realism or surrealism or whatever it is. But I think to me, what is so fascinating about it is I like the unusual stuff. Like I really like something that is just out of the ordinary. And I feel like galleries should be looking for that I mean I don't know I'm that's just like my my point of view is like it's the unusual stuff that can really change how we think about art and what it is and what we can do with it and it kind of pushes the limits of you know what's possible and I think that your art does that I mean it's not just it's funny and it gives people that good happy feeling it's also that it's it's like taking something that we don't even consider being important at all it's trash we're supposed to throw it away get rid of it and making it into something that can actually change your mood and make you feel better and you're amazed by it and it's just it's just dryer lids. <laughs> it's like, it's just, you know, like people take sticks and can make sculptures. It's like just a stick. <laughs> when I, when I was a Smith, I was a dead serious, yeah. stressed out artist. And with dryer lid, it's like, seriously, come on. How can you get serious about dryer lid? I mean, <laughs> real. You're still gonna, there's no matter how much you try and make it sound serious you're still going to crack up in the end <laughs> yeah so yeah I mean I you know I think that first that man you have really got to get some cameras on those artworks like built into frames or something I don't know <laughs> oh <my laughs> just capturing people's reactions alone would be like look everybody <laughs> look at how people react to this this thing that I made you know that I, to be honest, that's that's my favorite part of having work in a show is I like to sit back and just watch people's expressions because it's just great. Yes. <laughs> I mean, uh, that that's fantastic. That's just wonderful. Maybe a lot of artists have a little nervous anxiety about is people's reactions, you know, and you're just like all in like this is amazing they're laughing at it it makes them smile that's what I want you know yeah oh that's wonderful so where can people find your art um a mono craft gallery in Lampertville New Jersey that's that's the main craft gallery um they actually even carry the big pieces wow. um they usually have one big piece at a time uh, right now, I believe it is one of the last uh, tributes to Dolly. Oh. Uh, I've got a, a Dolly tribute one in there. Um, when I run out of the old master tributes, I'm not sure what I'm going to give them because that's mostly what they want. Um, then uh, Gamut Gallery in Strasbourg here in PA. Um, I'm also currently at Penn State University in Allentown. Okay. And uh, I'm getting ready for another show coming up. Yeah, my walls are starting to get thin. Um, 
in uh, Philadelphia soon. Wow. Oh, my God. So, so yeah, I've got work. This is my busiest year. I have, huh. I like, I basically going to the month of November, I'll have works in four places at once. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I was, and I was like, you know, maybe I should try and get in some of the bigger galleries now. And now I went, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> no, no, no. I need a bigger stockpile before I can do that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Like I, I think I have like thirty pieces right now, and that's about it. And it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and you know how that is. Like for thirty pieces, you feel like, oh God, I'm naked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and so like, what? How do people um, commission you for you know art? Usually online, that people you know contact me by either email or I've had people contact me on the art boards. I'm on a lot of the art boards. I got you. Because um, I have to solicit for dryer lint. <laughs> I go, look what I just did, and you can send me dryer lint. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Supplies, people. Right, my shameful, <laughs> my shameful confession there. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, usually, uh, usually there. I have, I got one from Instagram last year, which was that was a first. Um, cool. You always hear about people getting commissions off Instagram. I never heard yeah, of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. never saw it. But I actually got one last year, so that was different. Um, but mostly, mostly email, okay. mostly email. Yeah, like probably from your website, they could probably contact you. Yeah, I have everything down on the website, the oh. galleries, the shows upcoming, the shows past. The yeah. husband does that. I don't have. To. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes there is a huge advantage to being uh, disabled, so to speak. <laughs> Because I can go, Mike, and he does all the computer stuff for me. So, yeah, I think that's one of those things that's really nice to have, especially if you're an artist anyway, is somebody who can do that stuff. Yeah. Like a job in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, good job, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) He does do a really good job. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Heidi, for talking to me today. I really enjoyed it. And this is I enjoyed it too. Fascinating. And I can't wait to share your art with everybody. I think this is one of those things that, man, you've got to see this. <laughs> it's awesome. So yeah, tell people by all means send me send me comments, you know. Yeah. You know, sometimes you you're 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 weak in a little spot. You didn't even realize it. And yeah. somebody goes, hey, what about, and like, I just had one, somebody goes, did you realize your rabbit has human feet? And I went, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, sorry, so but yes, it was purposeful because it was funnier. <laughs> the rabbit feet brought too much focus on his feet. So I did human feet on the rabbit. So, yeah. That's awesome, though. That That's that twist there that you're like, oh. <laughs> it was just, it wasn't as funny. The yeah. tiny feet on a rabbit was funnier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fun. So everybody reach out to Heidi and let, you, let her know what you think about her art. And look her up on Instagram and maybe get some commissions through Instagram, too. <laughs> message Heidi (laughs) 
That's awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Art Talk with April. For more information on this episode, join the Facebook group, The Art Lounge. Please subscribe and share. See you next Tuesday. Hope you have a great week.